0: This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. Hello and welcome back to Big Brand Energy. Today I am actually just going to have a one to one conversation with you. It's just me in the studio now. I'm going to be speaking about something near and dear to my heart. It's actually going to be a very personal episode. So before I get into what I'm actually going to be speaking about today, I wanted to give the context to why I want to speak about it. And that is basically with my growth in the coaching space, whether it's podcast coaching or just marketing coaching in general that I've been finding is essentially all I'm doing with the people that I work one-to-one with is facilitating or guiding or coaching them on how they can actually achieve big brand energy. And what I'm noticing and what I know to be true from my own experience and now I'm definitely seeing reflected through the journeys of my clients is that there are two parts of big brand energy. There is the internal big brand energy that you need to build first in order to actually cultivate that external big brand energy. And that external big brand energy being that hot Audience authority that is known by everyone. I mean, the purpose of this podcast is to literally equip you in any way that I can through the utilization with guests and my own journey and my own experiences to be able to cultivate this for yourself, for your brand, creating a platform, whatever it is. Like that has always been the intention of this podcast. And it is because of that that I feel it is not doing myself a service by not talking about things that have actively been a part of my journey in, in my life, which has fed into my journey in business. So. Before I get into it, I am going to say a disclaimer that there are going to be conversations around suicide. There's going to be sexual assault mentioned in this episode. So if you get triggered by any of those topics, I just want you to come in prepared for that. The stories I'm going to be telling you about my life are not something that I've actually spoken about very openly in terms of in public. You may have heard me speak about some of it because I am very and a very open person. But I just want you to know that all of these things I'm going to speak about today are coming from a very grounded and healed place. I've done a lot of work internally in order to be able to speak about these things. And I just want to make it clear that this is not a cry for help. And I think you'll get that, by the way. I'm going to be presenting these topics. Um, But yeah, I just want to say that now. I would love if. anything that does resonate with you that I talk about today. If it does, I'd love to hear from you because it is, yeah, it's definitely um, a vulnerable position I'm putting myself in to speak so candidly about my personal experiences. So anyway, before I get into the specifics of what I'm going to talk about, I want to talk about what actually called me to, to speak this through. And it's because I've been having a lot of conversations that you definitely are I've been recording episodes, so you will be hearing them after this episode drops. And there's been a lot of discussion around this element of fear and perception. And even the episode before this one that I recorded with Kristen about being so aware of how you are perceived in any given moment and how that can really limit you. I was speaking at a creative kind of speaking gig, random thing about a year ago. And the content that I spoke to was actually this notion of fear being fuel and how I basically was so fearful early on in my career, but I chose to use that as fuel in order to like push the push the boundaries in terms of what I was told was quote unquote good marketing, what I was told a, a good business owner would do, all these things, and I really spoke to that in in that um, in that speech. But what I didn't speak to, what I didn't share at that time, because I don't believe I was ready, is the true the true fear that I was feeling in my life. So if you're familiar with Enneagrams, which is a, basically a personality type. My personality type, Enneagram wise, is a three. Enneagrams all about like what actually motivates the person and there's all these different um, elements to it. And I actually really encourage you to go and look at who you are within this space because it can really help you on a self-development journey to really be able to pinpoint, okay, that part of my identity, that makes sense. Like this is what motivates me. And it's really, it's an interesting way to I guess get to know yourself so when I found out that I was an Enneagram 3 and I saw that I was motivated by achievement that made sense to me I'm like I've always been pushing for achievement in my life as far as I can remember and the other thing that I found out though that I did that did not suit me that I did not love to hear was that I'm actually driven very much by my image and at first when I heard this I flatly rejected it because I was like that's not true I'm not materialistic I am very confident I'm not stopped by what other people think, all these things. and then I sat with it for honestly several months and I started to notice where I was trying to control a perception of myself, and it became very apparent to me that this is this is something that in my nature, I definitely do and it's and it's not out of a manipulation tactic. it's about a, it's actually out of like I feel safest when I feel. Like I'm being presented how I want to be perceived. And the funny thing is, is that we ultimately don't have any control over how we are perceived. But the reason I mention this is because I feel like over the last year or so, I've really noticed the fact that I have this like addiction to controlling how I'm being perceived and how exhausting it is because it's not going to result in anything good for me because at the end of the day, no matter how hard I try to articulate myself in any certain way, there's going to be someone who listens to me that completely doesn't get it and that's their right and it doesn't need to mean anything about me. The reason I bring that up is because I believe that there has been a through line with the challenges in my life. I've been given an opportunity to address this addiction to trying to control perception and how people perceive me and when my parents separated, they had a very volatile relationship with one another. And that definitely took its toll on me as a, as a child and all my siblings and everything. But I remember there was stuff that was happening within my family that I could not for the life of me speak about with my friends. And I built this, I built this, um, this coping mechanism, I guess, where I would share certain things with my friends at school. And I would talk about, say like, any arguments I had with my stepmom because I felt like people could relate to that concept. And I in the moment was feeling like I was being heard and held in some way. And at the time that's all I could actually give the person access to um, in order to feel that way. But in in reality there was a lot more going on for me as a young person that I wasn't speaking about. And I look back now, I'm like, this was, that was just completely an attempt to preserve my image because what would it mean about me? What would my friends think about me if my parents were X, Y, Z? And I'm not going to go into the details of, you know, the, the parental things because I actually don't think it's fair for me to speak about my parents' breakup from my lens, given that I was shown this much of their relationship. But what I will say, what I will share is that from my perspective, it was very toxic and it and it was very scary at times. And there was so much within that I couldn't speak to, I felt I couldn't speak to my friends about. And the reason I bring that up is because that is, I believe, after the work I've done where I learnt, okay, so this is how you connect with others. You give them half the information and you hold back your true, true vulnerabilities. You let them in by giving them this much of you and that is how you connect now, this ended up really hurting me down the track, which is what i 'm going to get to now. So when I was eighteen, and I think i I definitely feel like certainly in interviews i've spoken about this it's not new news, but when I was eighteen, I lost my mum to suicide. That was one of the hardest things i've ever had to go through. So when I spoke about the fact that I feel fear and move anyway, I think that um I can use it in this context because the reality is, is that I have lived a life where I have feared horrible things happening and they have actually come true. And I think in the self-development world, you can often be um, caught up in narratives like, where are you in a position where you're in fight, flight or freeze mode, which is a survival mechanism. And I'm sure you've heard about the whole back in caveman days, that stress state was really helpful when there was a saber tooth tiger coming to get you, but it's no longer helpful in this day and age. And I feel like while that's so true and I completely understand that from way back when I was very young, I had activated that stress state. I know that there's also truth to the fact that like, there was real fear that actually happened. Like there was so much unknown when I lost my mom. I had no idea like what my life was going to look like from this moment forward. I had completely lost control to be honest over this, over the narrative of my life. Now I was the girl who had lost her mom to suicide and anyone who has had someone close to them die from suicide, you would be, completely aware of the narratives that pour in from people there is a whole school of thinking that say that like that person is selfish there's a whole school of thinking that completely don't understand mental illness and there's a whole other like middle ground where there's this space held for mental illness and there's this pity energy about it which actually ironically was was my biggest issue I did not want to be pitied I did not feel like anyone understood my mum's quote unquote I wouldn't even call it an illness of course she wasn't mentally well but it wasn't I felt like everyone as soon as she died got to label her as mentally unstable mentally ill when in my eyes she wasn't like she was this beautiful happy person who brought so much so much joy into everyone's life and she was such a good mum and then she also had this other side of her that was really sad, like really sad, really lonely. And she didn't have access to a support network in order to help her get through it. But it wasn't your typical depression from what I had seen elsewhere. Like I just couldn't relate to anyone else about this thing. And I think for me, as much as it was grieving the loss of my mum and that person in my life, there was so much pain associated with this idea that I no longer felt like I could be seen how I wanted to be seen. And this is the, the reason I'm bringing this up is because I'm going to talk about another event that, that happened to me down the track, but I want to make it clear to people. And, and, you know, my clients pretty much all have a podcast and or they're building really solid content in order to build a brand. And I'm not saying that your trauma or your past is something you need to share in order to serve your audience. I'm actually not saying that at all. The reason I'm choosing to share my story in this is because I actually want to, I want to show you what it looks like to have this through line of like the lesson in what your life external from your work or your content or your like big vision, where can you actually take the teaching, really dig deep in like what's actually being triggered within me and um, and actually heal those parts of you. Because if I had have been a person who just went to talk therapy and went and um, said, you know, I've lost my mom to suicide, it would have been beneficial, I'm sure. Personally, I did try it. Didn't like it, and I think it's because it's so blanket statement. It's so, oh well, this this will help you. You've you're grieving. Here's the stages of grief. All the things. Whereas, like for me, there was an the element of grief which I had to deal with. But as a creator now, the things I face in business and in my content journey is I'll be f- met at an edge of like something I want to share. It, it will have nothing to do with something as personal as this. But for some reason, I will feel a massive block. I cannot share that or I don't feel good or the words aren't coming to me or what story can I tell or like I'll get really, um, I guess, like try and control um, the narrative of like what I'm trying to say or it's not good enough, that's not good enough content and all the things. And what I've found is that that always just comes down to this same thing that I learnt or what I was shown in in these moments of like deep, deep pain. And yeah, so that's what, that's what I'm talking about now. Obviously there is so much um, more like complexities into grief. And like, this is not the only thing I battled with my grief after losing my mom. There was so much that I battled, but I actually want this to be tangible. So anyone listening who has gone through something, you know, traumatic, whether it is something as traumatic as this, or whether it is just simply, as you know, the definition of, trauma is just an unprocessed event. So when you have something that has not been processed, you will be manifesting something into your life in order to give you an opportunity to process that event. That's the simple, my belief on how things work. So when I had lost my mum you know, I was, I guess, in my own way spiraling. I definitely, you know, I didn't go and party. I didn't go and like let loose or whatever, like you kind of get the free reign to do when you are in that position. But I just remember sitting there and feeling like I deeply will not, I do not want to allow this to define me. And that's a really interesting thing, I think, for someone in the thick of it to actually speak to. I didn't want it to define me, but I actually went too far around the other way. And I actually just completely put all of that pain, suffering, upset, grief, anger, hurt into a category that I didn't want to look at. And I just didn't want to associate with the version of me that felt all those things. And it's only with hindsight that I can, I can actually say that. So now I'm going to segue into the next thing that sort of happened to me, the big, big traumatic event that I was faced with in my own personal life. And that was when I was 21 years old, I was sexually assaulted. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I this, this moment in my life completely challenged me in ways I did not think were possible. I, after having lost my mum and faced that, like, you know, that fear, that genuine fear coming true. And, you know, when I was younger, this is so interesting, but when I was younger, I used to watch like scary movies with friends at sleepovers and things. And I remember being like in grade seven and if there was any kind of like domestic violence, rape um, or anything of that nature on the movie, I couldn't watch it. Like I actually had this really deep fear of like that ever happening to me. I remember saying to one of my friends, I actually would rather be murdered than raped. To me was my worst fear, my very worst fear. And so when this actually happened to me, I was completely shattered. I'm not actually in this particular episode going to speak to that too much, but I do want to speak to is you have this idea of who you are and then these big, like massive things happen to you that completely shatter your concept of self. So one of the beliefs I held before this happened to me was that I believed in women's rights. I actually have always felt very drawn to women's rights. It's actually why I got into marketing in the first place. So if you don't know the fact that I used to study law and the reason I wanted to study law was to make positive impact. The reason I wanted to get into marketing is because I felt like that was actually going to be my channel in order to actually make that impact. My big ambitious goal was actually to be working on women's rights campaigns. That obviously didn't end up happening. But what's interesting is like, you can see how like my belief is so almost activism for women's rights. And I didn't have any idea of what it would be like for women going through something like this. It was just purely from a place of empathy. So knowing that you would think once something like this happened to me, I'd be the first person to go to the police and maybe the last person to feel ashamed of myself because I know that it's got nothing to do with like this, the victim's fault. You know, I've always been subscribed to that kind of narrative of like victim blaming being the worst thing you can do. However, when I was in that position, the only thing I knew to be true was that on some level, this is my fault. And that's really interesting because I don't think anybody realizes the level of programming that we're in until you are in a situation where you think you will act a certain way or feel a certain way, and then you completely don't. And that is where I I've, I I've, I've realized that I'm like, wow, I there's a part of me, and this wasn't this wasn't a conscious thing, but there was a part of me that realized that I did judge women who had been sexually assaulted prior to this moment of it happening to me because if if I didn't, then I wouldn't have felt this way about myself. And this is where I'm going to tie in this idea of image and my my whole life and my whole challenge that I was faced with. So I cannot let anyone know that I am this weak or this um, careless or all of the things that we have been told as as people, and I'm not going to just say women, but as people in this society, there's there, there honestly is programming to assume a certain way of, or a certain narrative about the people that go through these things. And- as as someone who dealt with the projections of what people perceive suicide to be, and having to like, I guess, switch off my emotions to being triggered by that, um, because it was it was too hard for me to face other people's opinions of suicide. When my mum died, I had this deep shame that I I felt because I'm like, oh, people are judging her, which in turn I felt they were judging me, which in turn meant that I. You know, I just felt this real shame. And then the same familiar shame feeling actually surfaced when this when this event happened to me. And, you know, it's like, I look back now after having healed that pain and actually having healed the event. I look at that evening. It was, you know, four friends at home. I decided to go to bed. Everyone else went out. And then I woke up to my friend's boyfriend's new housemate and I felt completely powerless Fight or flight activated. Now, intellectually, I can look back at that event and be like, how in God's name is that my fault? And the reality is that you're a straight up victim of that circumstance. Like at the time, I could not even mutter the words of sexual assault, rape, those words I actually couldn't even say because I felt so triggered by them and they were so heavy to me. There was so much shame within myself that actually was activated by saying those words and it was like a somatic feeling. So all of this internalized programming that I was completely unaware of was kind of like coming through through my own experience. And this was honestly after like after losing my mom and having that as as a point of, you know, maybe perceiving that to be the worst day of my life, I would say that this event of what I went through was like probably a hundred times worse than that. And that's in terms of emotional, in terms of like what it actually did to my whole entire life. The way I like, I couldn't even, I could not actually even look at myself in the mirror for weeks. And I had to deal with the actual violation that was this thing that happened to me. But what I'm, what I want to point out is like the interesting through line here of again, I was met at a place where I wanted to completely control this narrative of how I will be perceived. I'm like I did not want to tell anyone because I didn't know what I had no control over how they would see me. Would they would they assume that I was asking for it? Would they assume that I was wildly drunk and it was my own silly fault? Would they assume that, you know, all these things I completely lost control over how people would perceive me. And then this is where like this Enneagram, I guess came really true for me because I'm like, it's not about the image of like wanting to wear the best clothes. It's literally about this trying to preserve this image of myself that is put together, like not silly, um, not a slut or whatever, whatever these worst case scenarios of what people could call me. This is what I was faced with in this really dark time. And it was actually in this time, I, I didn't tell, I actually ended up going to the police and that was a really hard step for me. They could not do a thing. And so then I'm like questioning what on earth is this world that we live in? The police can't actually prosecute a fucking criminal, you know, like that's confronting. The thing that happened next was about a year later, I was at a family event and I had always been, you know, I didn't know that my I was actually a very angry person. As you can imagine, you can obviously imagine that you might carry some anger about the world, but I didn't actually realize that I carried that. And there were certain people in my life very close to me that would trigger this like hurt and anger. And it was at a family event where I had a conversation with my dad where he actually hit a nerve and I just said, you know, I blew up, I got angry and I ended up just blurting out that this had happened to me from his perspective, I know now that he was actually in a position of being faced with potentially seeing his own inadequacies, not to say that he is inadequate, but I think for a father to hear that about a daughter, you 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 feel like a failure. You've not protected them. You want this to genuinely be not true because if it is true, then again, you feel like you've failed as, as their protector and there's all of these emotions at play and I have the hindsight view now to see that his reaction was purely like a battle with himself and it was purely from a place of from a from honestly from a place of hurt but how his response was felt to me was complete victim-blaming he didn't believe me, then he did believe me, then he said, you know, why did, like, why did you do that, you know, all, like, again, my fear coming true, like, everything I felt within my, my soul of, like, why I didn't want to tell anyone, actually ended up coming true, I was, I completely got that response from him, how it was received at the time, and I felt like, wow, my, my fear is true, it's here, I've got to face this now, and all of this stuff, I'm speaking about it now from a place of, yeah, as I, as I've said many times, like I've healed this and it sounds like, okay, that might've been, wow, Sophie, you know, you sound super chill about it. At the time, these things were massive to me. Like it was, it was so like turbulent, the emotions and the shame cycle that I was put in. And from that moment, from that moment, when I had that discussion with my dad, that was what I saw as an invitation to actually look back and, okay, what have I not healed about this scenario? Because I should not be feeling this level of emotion. And then what was found, I went and saw my healer, Denise, she was able to link back like the emotion I was actually feeling about this, which at its core was, you know, the things I've mentioned, like shame, judgment, fear, all of those emotions were actually just processing from an unprocessed event, which had happened earlier. So all the emotions I wasn't safe to actually fully feel when my mom died actually fully came out through this process. And I'm not, I'm not sitting here being like, everything happens for a reason. And I'm so grateful that I lost my mom and that I was sexually assaulted. And now, you know, see, life is all love and light. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that I can see that I have absolutely become a more grounded whole version of myself through these events that were perceived fears and well straight up fears coming true and I think that for as long as we are creating as long as us as entrepreneurs are on this journey like moving forward we need to be taking accountability for our life outside of our work in order to reach our biggest ambitions in what we're trying to do. If I look at my business and my platform and my audience and my clients and the rapid growth that I've actually gone through in the last, I'll say three to six months. So like, you know, literally six months ago, I had, you know, one or two production clients. Fast forward to now, I've got 20 active clients who are releasing episodes you know, weekly, fortnightly, that kind of level of of activity. And I've got, you know, a whole lot of programs that I'm running. I'm working with clients all over the world. I've got coaching clients. There is an abundance in, in my business, in my work that has come through. Yes, through strategy, which is, you know, the frameworks I work within the actual tangible, building the infrastructure to support your business endeavours and having content that actually connects with your audience. And yeah, basically the marketing funnel that you uh, you create through creating content and all of these things, there's 100% so much credit to go to those things and you will not find success within your business unless you take tangible action and follow those things and find out what works for you. However, I don't believe that you're going to be able to see the next step clearly unless you have actually cleared cleared yourself of all of these unprocessed events in your life. So the moment that I, it wasn't actually, I won't say it's a moment, but there has been several, several, several moments where I've reached a new level of clarity within myself, which in turn has allowed me to further my vision in what I'm doing with my business and also express deeper in a way that actually connects with my audience. And it's not through you you guys know that this is the first time I'm speaking about this story. I'm not actually talking about needing to speak about your traumatic events in order to cultivate that connection. However, if you feel that pull to do it, at the end of the day, do it. Because the fear that's stopping you from doing it is is only trying to protect you of the uncertainty of what's going to happen. Like I don't know what's going to happen once this episode goes live and you've already heard that my deepest fear really my true deepest fear is to have absolutely no control over like my image and how I'm perceived by others and what I'm doing by sharing this story is actually surrendering to that letting go of the need to control how I'm perceived and taking like taking control over my story and being like you know what that was traumatic but I actually get to speak to it now and like knowing that my key my key role here on earth is to make impact I cannot I don't think I could continue for much longer without speaking to these real things that have happened in my life because I know when I was actually back in those you know the darkness of those times that I you know and this is another thing which is so interesting to think back to my journey of like building on track but like when I was thinking about what content to create for those brands in order to make that deeper impact, I looked at my own life and I said, where am I being influenced? Where am I being actually like impacted by content? And it was podcasts And it was through these dark times that I was able to turn to a podcast and hear other people's stories. And actually, you know, it genuinely helped me in my own life. And that then became the new standard of what I wanted content to be for myself and for my clients. So with that in mind, knowing how much impact those stories had on me back then, now being in a position where I can speak candidly about it and not be, not have a somatic response and not be spiraling, crying and like all of the things that I once at one time thought I would never be able to, I thought at one time I would never even be able to look myself in the eye in the mirror, let alone be able to speak about this. That is why I wanted to share it with you to show that, you know, you as the creator of your life and as the creator in your business actually get to express yourself I know how much hearing these kinds of things actually help when you're in that position. So if you are listening and you know someone who's gone through anything, anything similar to me, I really like, I ask that you send this to them just so they can hear my perspective and then it will open up an opportunity for them to send me a message and maybe connect on, you know, deeper level on it because I I am very passionate about this stuff. And so I would love that on a personal level, but also to speak to the creators out there who are trying to build their platform. Yesterday, I went on my stories and I was actually speaking about this thing, like I was speaking about point of difference and how you know, in the business and marketing world, we are taught that your point of difference is something as simple as being a mindset coach and your point of difference being that you do shadow work or being a nutritionist. And your point of difference is that you do flexible dieting or being a gym owner. And your point of difference is you have the best equipment in the whole entire world or local area, whatever it is, or something of that nature. When those things they're not point of differences. They're actually just client expectations or industry standards. And for as long as that you are trying to communicate to your audience from this place of like, which is accurate, you do need to be communicating your point of difference. But if you are leading with something like that and expecting it to have the level of impact in order to cultivate big brand energy, you're doing yourself a disservice. So what is your point of difference is actually everything in your life that you've experienced because it actually, whether you talk about it candidly, like I am right now on your platform or not, it actually leads to you building a lens. And that is, that it is with my clients. This is the method I follow. We actually use that lens in order to build your brand, which is something that is actually external to you, but it's, it's external to you, but it's informed by you. And that lens is the thing, that is your point of difference. So if you, you know, all of the mentors you've invested in, all of the experiences that you've actually had within your business, these are all things that lead into building this lens. And then it is through that lens that certainly the way I do it, that we actually build your content from. That is the way, in my opinion, to have like success within your platform or your business, because it is through those things that happen to you or for you, as I like to say, that you actually form your why that makes you cry. My why behind my business has nothing to do with producing podcasts or making it as a marketing like guru. It's got nothing to do with it. My why is about actually having a positive impact on people. And that allows me right now. And as the creator, I want to talk about why that is so liberating, because Instead of me, if I was just leading with this point of difference being that I have the best podcast production equipment in the whole world, do you see how limiting it is in terms of like a content standpoint of like how, how long can I actually speak about that? As opposed to like creating the lens that I actually work with being that like I want to make impact on people, it opens up the opportunity for me to speak to literally my journey like I have it gets to make sense because I've got the lens in order to inform you in a way that actually makes sense. And coming from someone who is constantly like looking within, I'm always like trying to be better, redefining what my version of success is. I recently had a new version of success that like came came to me on the weekend actually. And what I realized it was, it's at its core to me, success is about, you know, feeling abundant. So obviously, you know, relationships, wealth, all those things are part of it. But if I cannot achieve that without without just being able to live every day, feeling like I can actually express myself candidly, because at the end of the day, what my belief is, like every single person ultimately just wants to be seen and heard. And this is what I love about my business journey, because it, it actually married my life purpose in with my business so beautifully. And this is what I believe is the secret sauce when it comes to business. Like you want to be able to create sustainably. And in order to create sustainably, you have to actually stand for something and you have to have the willingness and the the desire to actually like show up and, and speak to that. And it's not, you're not going to, I don't care what business you run, you should be riding this wave as a personal brand in order to not, not traumatically offload and emotionally dump on your audience, but use my story as an opportunity to be like, what have I left unresolved in my past that I can go and look at in attempt to heal it, but also knowing that that healing, that thing will actually only bring clarity in your world of business or podcasting or whatever it is. I'm the biggest believer, or even if you're a career girly or, or boy, like you actually just want to like climb that corporate ladder in order to do that you're going to be faced with so many blocks until you resolve what's un what's unresolved within your past and take it from me i went through my phase of many years of like ignoring it and feeling numb and choosing choosing to ignore it and it only comes out later in a in a way that's way more disruptive in your life before i wrap up today i really want to speak to something that's potentially got nothing to do with business or marketing. And it is about my thoughts on trauma and the way forward in terms of mental health, in terms of all these things. Because for me, I after dealing with what I have dealt with and, and witnessing what I have personally witnessed, I don't believe in lifeline hotlines being the method in order to like put in place in order to save the people who are suicidal. And I and I don't actually necessarily believe in the traditional movements that are supposed to be stopping, you know, I guess rape and sexual assault from happening. N- neither of those things were helpful to me. And I'm not saying that we should cancel them. They have their place, but being someone who's gone through these things and not actually having like using that as the crutch to lean on, I I just think it's not enough. And with that in mind, I want to speak to what is, in my view, the solution here, because I hate it when people are like, criticize all these like great initiatives and then bring nothing of substance in order to replace them. You're just pointing out problems and not presenting any solutions. So with that in mind, I think that the best way forward is for us all to become educated on how to hold space for people. And by that, I mean, I... It took me a very long time to feel safe to open up to anyone at all, because I had so much evidence in my life that when I would open up, I'd be met with judgment. I'd be met with being completely misunderstood and all of these things. And the the reality is, since I've been able to go through this on my own, I've been told many a time by the beautiful people in my life that I am a really good person to rely on. And the reason is... The, the reason I am is because I've built the emotional intelligence in order to actually hold space for people. So the way I would encourage you, if you know anyone who's going going through grief or like, you know, processing a really traumatic event, I would say all you need to do is let them speak, ask them, and I'm not talking about, I hate Are You U OK Day. I really like, I mean, I get the premise. I get what it stands for, but I don't think it's enough. If it's grief, I feel like, what you need to speak to or what I would encourage you to ask is like, ask them about the person that they've lost when they were in their best, the things it was like for them when they were at their worst. You want to be asking the person who has lost that loved one, all of the things that you would ask the person who you're speaking to about their partner, who's working interstate at the moment. So like, what can you ask? Like, Oh, what did she do for a living? Was she happy? All of these things like open up the dialogue because it is so healing for that person to feel safe, to actually talk about the person they've lost. And that will then in turn allow them to turn on those emotions a little bit in order to release them. And then obviously it is up to the person completely to go and seek their own healing modalities, whether it's like, you know, NLP techniques, whether it's, you know, somatic healing, whether it's talk therapy, talk therapy didn't work for me, but I've heard wonderful things about it for other people. And I think as a collective, I think it is so important for us to hold each other in in those moments of real like despair and depression and just be able to hold space without judgment for them because that is at the end of the day what we are all fearing is that we are going to be misunderstood. And so when you give them that opportunity to speak to what they've been through without judgment and just simply hold space and and hold like let them feel love from you after they express I'm of the opinion that that will heal the world and it is only going to be able to be done by you. You are only going to be able to hold that space for the person you care about if you actually hold space for yourself. And that looks like going back into your own past and looking at what things you haven't processed. And while it may not be as big or like as big as, you know, some of the things that you might be helping your friends through or some of the things you're talking, you're hearing from me, your ability to do the work for yourself will in turn allow you to understand all of the things that they are feeling because guess what? There's only so many emotions in the universe. We all have access to anger. We all have access to hurt. We all have access to happiness, contentment, sadness, all of the emotions. So if you felt any level of these, you can relate to that person. You can relate to the person going through what is unimaginable. If you felt sadness, if you felt depression, in any way and the way and what I want you to do (laughs) take it or leave it but like to allow yourself to feel those things in whatever which way you have in your own life and then in turn you will be able to be there for the people around you and this is how we're going to be able to like move forward as as a whole society as a collective in order to actually you know stop things like Rape culture, stop things like, you know, the suicidal, the suicide numbers climbing. You know, it's really about being able to be held and seen. And that is, that is my truth. And that is why I wanted to have this conversation today because all of these things, yes, they add to your business. Yes, they're probably like actually holding you back in your creator's journey if you are a creator, but also bigger picture impact, baby. Like I'm here to like raise the consciousness of the whole world, whether it's about business or not. And through, you know, through working on your, working on your shit, you will be able to like get clear on what it is you really want to do, find that purpose, take those steps and like build the resilience in order to like hold the things that happen in business and and in life from Mm -hmm. there forward and actually like, you know, really be able to be present in these beautiful things that we're given in life. So that is where I'll leave it. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. I would absolutely love to hear from you if you, if you did enjoy this one and yeah, wishing you all the best in your day, night, or whenever you're listening.